when someone's secure, they're not thinking about these other things. They're just straightforward and they could be open about what they want and feel relaxed. It's this feeling in them that comes across and that they really believe, which is, I love myself. I like this woman. I'm interested in getting to know her. I'm making my intentions clear. And her reaction is what it is. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Stefanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. This is going to be different from any other episode because it is going to be broken down into some segments, but I want to start out by saying that I did a lot of reflecting after the previous episode. I even went back to the episode and took out some parts of it, knowing that I didn't want you guys to absorb the information because I I don't believe it's it's healthy for long-term relationships. The pickup artist industry is really not a group of secure men, I would say. So it was interesting how looking back, I was like, wow, I don't believe this anymore. And I used to. And I think I was looking through the lens of like, this is something that I found attractive because I did in my younger years. And it all like made sense. But then I thought, what if Andrew responded to me this way? Andrew's my boyfriend now. And I was like, that wouldn't be okay. (laughs) Andrew and I tease each other all the time. He teases me a lot. (laughs) Like he enjoys teasing me. But it comes across more in this way that's that's silly and not smart ass. Because silly shows a certain level of love and care. Smart ass shows I don't give a fuck about you. Care about a woman. If she says something nasty to you or just like, like you're going to be hurt and that's okay. It's okay to feel negative emotions. Um, what's not okay is allowing her, allowing her word, like whatever she says. And let's say you're not together in a relationship. If you allow what she says to dictate your life and who you are as a man and your future moving forward, that's not okay. You can't do that. Like that just means she's not for you. You know, if you're in your single life and a woman says something that's that's bitchy and she continues to do it, aka a shit test, and you you realize that it's not from a place of playfulness because it's consistent and it doesn't involve the two of you playing, it's really just her nagging at you, then she's not your woman. It's really, it's as simple as that. She's not your woman. And if you are in a relationship where your partner teases you, If you're getting upset about it and you react with being upset versus just being teasing back and playful back, maybe that's a conversation the two of you need to have. 
or maybe it's a conversation you need to have with yourself around why am I getting so defensive over such a little remark that's coming from a person who I know loves me, I know cares about me, she just likes to play around and tease me a little bit. Tonality is also very important here. And when you're playing, it's more a playful tone, right? Because a smart-ass tone with the person you love, you guys aren't going to continue a long-term relationship if you're being smart-asses back to each other in a tone that shows I don't give a fuck about you. Like, that's not the way to a long-term healthy relationship or sex life. So it's about, like, it's about introducing that silly tone and being like, oh, yeah, is that what you think? Oh, that's funny, because the other day you said this. You know, that's what, that's like an example of something Andrew and I would say. I'm trying to think of example. I should have came up with a specific example. But yeah, it's the obvious playfulness. It's not the passive-aggressive side remark. It's not the the eye roll. It's not, like, that's just, that's just mean. <laughs> that's not playful. That's not teasing in a loving way and like I said if you're single and there's this teasing going on like just walk away from that shit like don't play games because you don't have to and there are plenty of women out there who also don't want to play games and maybe there are some who do and they're not the most secure women I was one of them and that's why I used to actually you know see that style of teasing as like enticing because it was like oh it's like this adrenaline game of will I be good enough (laughs) like and most of the time it proved me that I wasn't good enough and then I had relationship issues because I never felt good enough but um but I did take some notes here I wrote the major difference between shit testing in the alpha way versus the way of the stable guy is the alpha who is wanting to handle the shit tests is he just doesn't care about the what the woman's saying he doesn't care the stable guy actually cares he does care and if the if the woman's a bitch to him if he's single and he's seen her a few times and he thought there was something going and he really liked her and she's just reacting very like bitchy then yeah, he's going to feel he's going to feel let down and hurt by it, but he's also going to realize it is what it is. It's not I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Oh, let me just say this to her so she knows who I am. It, it's more just like, "Oh, wow. All right, that kind of sucks, but it is what it is. I'm going to move on." Right? There's a big difference there versus not giving a fuck, let me show her and also, "Eh, what am I going to do?" Like I really liked her. It's disappointing, but now I'm going to move on with my life. So he's not emotional about it. He's just accepting of it. Emotional about it is throwing asshole type commentary right back at her or is trying to show her who he is or prove who he is. A guy who's stable and secure in himself doesn't have to prove anything. And he also does get hurt. He doesn't let let that hurt define his future. He just moves forward and accepts it. What did I write? A secure person can get a shit test and not even realize that's what it is because if you're secure, you're not playing made-up games. You're not bought into that, right? And like if you're fully present and you see the person as a human, 
You're not thinking of them as a game. You're not thinking of the interaction as a game. So as much as I loved the game by Neil Strauss, (laughs) um, it just does not make sense for long-term compatibility and and stability and confidence. If you want to grow your stability and confidence, you're not invested in games or manipulation. You're just with the person and you're like trying to be curious about why the person is responding the way they are. And if you can't understand it and the response is coming across demeaning and disrespectful, then you move on and you say it is what it is. When someone's secure, they're not thinking about these other things. They're just straightforward and they could be open about what they want and feel relaxed. It's this feeling in them that comes across and that they really believe, which is, I love myself. I like this woman. I'm interested in getting to know her. I'm making my intentions clear. And her reaction is what it is. I'm going to repeat that. The confident, secure guy seeking out a woman, a long-term relationship, or even just any woman who, if you want to attract any woman who's secure and and um, also confident, you want to have the mentality of, I love myself, I like her, I'm interested in her, and I'm making my intentions clear, and whatever her reaction is, it is what it is. It's this, I'm going in, here's what I'm... Here's my intention, and whatever comes back at me just is. There's no emotional reaction of like, oh, she said this, let me put her in her place. And there's no emotional reaction of, oh, she said this, well, what can I say to her to hurt her feelings because I feel hurt right now. And even if, in your, even if you're in a relationship long term, you have a partner and you feel like you're disrespected in your relationship this is also a great thing to reference back to I love myself I love her I'm interested in what she has to say I'm making my intentions clear here's where it changes her reaction is what it is but I want to make sure we're on the same page with it the point is when you're in a long-term relationship her reaction matters Right? You can't walk away from your wife and be like, ah, it is what it is. <laughs> like, if you want to figure shit out together, you have to come to a level of understanding and at least meeting in the middle. Not at least, I think always meeting in the middle, you know, because that's normal to feel different ways about things and to come to a conclusion that matches both of your satisfaction to a certain point. That's why there's a lot of sacrifices in relationships. You can't, you can't always have your way and just walk away from things. There's a level of commitment where it's like, all right, I committed to this. Now it's time to understand this even when it's really hard and when it's uncomfortable or when I'm feeling rejected and not so great. So her reaction does matter um, to the point where you got to understand how to get each other on the same page. And it doesn't mean it won't hurt. It's okay to feel feelings that don't feel good. I always tell my clients, if you're fighting, you know, if you're having fights with your partner, 
or if she gets angry at you because you you shared something with her that maybe she didn't want to hear, like maybe you're dissatisfied in your level of sex frequency. That's a common one. And then she gets really upset about it. And there's a part of you that feels like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said this to her because now I'm going to get less sex. But it's okay that she's mad. The nice guy is afraid to say things because he's afraid of upsetting his woman. He cares way too much in terms of allowing her reactions to dictate how he feels as a man. So if we go back, the alpha, hide my feelings, should never be upset, or version of you, maybe, um, he believes, eh, whatever, like, fuck this, I'm out. That's his reaction when things get hard. Oh yeah, well, you don't do this, so fuck you, I'm out. Walks away, avoids disrespects when really it's because he's hurt and he doesn't know how to communicate through the hurt if we come to the middle version of you it's the secure version and the secure version as i said is has the reaction of okay it's interesting that you say that and i want to understand what you mean by that do you want to talk about it now or do you want to talk about it later because I care about you and I want us to work on this and figure this out. It's important. So there's this level of sternness, but calm lovingness. We've got to talk about this. Have to. You can't keep avoiding this. He takes, he takes leadership. He doesn't just allow things to go by the wayside. He's not afraid of going into conversations that may be difficult. Because he knows how important it is. Because he knows how important this woman is and this relationship is. To him and to her and to each other. So he's willing to be in the uncomfortable moment and resolve it. Either in that moment or plan for a time when they're both prepared for it. And then there's the nice guy on the other side. Maybe there's a nice guy version of you. and Or there was in the past that you can resonate to. And this guy is just terrified to bring things up. And if he does and she gets mad, he right away backs off and avoids because her reaction means so much that it dictates who he is as a man. So he is very careful with what he says. He's afraid to say things. He feels like he's walking on eggshells most of the time because he can't truly share with her how he feels. And she ends up dictating the majority of the relationship and calling all the shots, which then makes her lose attraction to him. So then there are a lot of problems that come from that. But this secure man cares about the reaction of his partner. And yeah, it would suck if she left him. But he's not afraid of that by having a conversation because he knows that having a conversation is the only way through that conflict. He knows that and he's also secure in himself that he can do his best to be in the conversation with her and to not be cruel but to actually listen to her and to express himself in a way that's calm and showing her that he matters and he knows that but that she also matters and he knows that and that's the demeanor of a secure confident man. This is the highest level of confidence, in my opinion. It's not fake. A secure man doesn't have to mold another person to be a certain way. 
that person is who they are and that's why he loves them. And if they become a person who no longer matches with with values or respect for the relationship, then a secure man is willing to do something about it. He doesn't tolerate that because he really does love himself. So I hope this spoke to you guys. I know I was talking to single guys and guys in relationships, but I really, really wanted to get this point across because i just been doing a lot of reflecting on this recently. And I wanted you to know what's real in my heart at this stage of my life and what I want you guys to truly consider. And yeah, just give... I always wondered how to explain like women, the whole shit testing women thing. Because yeah, it's complicated and I never felt like I had a good grip on it until right now. (laughs) So yeah, I I hope it helped. All right, so... What I want to do now is I want to actually share a clip with you from my guest who will come on next week. His name is Billy. He is a New York City um, comedian and he does naked comedy show. He's just, he's awesome. You're really going to like the interview next week. It's very lighthearted and fun. But he had a clip. He just put out an episode uh, with me and him, a different one. And it's also probably one of my favorite episodes, interviews. He talked about the alpha male in the beginning and and also with some of the nice guy. So he was nice enough to send me that. I want you to listen in to this solo part of Billy's, Billy explaining, explaining the alpha guy and the nice guy. And then uh, following that, Andrew and I have a discussion about the nice guy. And Andrew shares how he used to be a nice guy and what that looked like personally. And um, yeah, I just think it's an all-around really good conversation so yeah definitely listen in enjoy these segments and conversations and i hope this helped uh i wanted to share something with y'all there was a twitter thread that went viral over the weekend and it just resonated so hard with both what we say on this episode what i've been saying uh breathlessly a lot it comes from a woman who uses the handle at chrissyosity at chrissyosity wrote I once knew a guy who got more women to sleep with him than you could imagine, despite being average looking on the short side and usually broke. Sound like someone you know? I mean, I'm 5'10", so if it wasn't for the short part, I was going to reply like, I'm sorry, have we met Chrissy? She went on, so I asked him his secret. He said, I'm just really nice, but not in a way that I want anything in return. You can't tell most men this to save their lives, but that does really work. All this alpha nonsense and women hating is just dumb. Women don't want someone who hates them and orders them around. No one wants that. Women want someone who will bring them a pizza on a tough day. I don't know what's been in the water lately. Uh, this is me, Billy, talking again. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is that there's been all this, like, alpha male influencer shit going around. A lot of, like, Andrew Tate types, you know. Something about, like, oh, let's just, let's, let's put out their success let's put out their chauvinism let's put out how great i'm doing and and fuck you if you're not um it's it's the self-improvement thing taken to a really weird extension 
what was it? I think it was like the eighties ish, right? It was like the eighties, eighties, nineties, like the self-improvement thing, the, the human potential movement that was like kicking on. And then, uh, you know, there's, there's stuff about like self-improvement, a little gender, like with men and how to be like, how to be a man. And, but it was like, how to be a man, like how to be more successful in business. And then it was like, how to be more successful, like get the body that you want. Then the pickup stuff started going on stronger where it's okay. Here's, here's how you get women. And then people were starting to get a little disgusted with pickups. So then it, it started to branch back off and, and loop back around to, well, how you get women is you improve yourself, which I like that. I like that way better. Do better in business and you're going to do better with your body. And it's all about improving yourself sincerely for yourself. And then the women come. The women come and is still, right? It's still like this goal. But then that self-improvement thing seems to be going this like He-Man macho stuff coming back. And then it's this alpha male stuff. And now I think it's just becoming a parody of itself. There's a guy on Twitter I was also noticing. He he was going around a few weeks ago. Um, his name seems to be Hassan. He goes by the handle at Mr. Overpaid. He seems to be some dude in Dubai, early 20s. He likes to show off his money and his body, and he's always preaching business tips. But the, but he preaches business tips, but there's never ever any actual tangible tip. It's just, oh, yo, you want to do better in business? Just do better in business, bro. And this dude, Hassan, he, he posts pictures a lot. Like with he'll, he'll post pictures with a couple of like hot women around him that he probably paid to pose with them. I don't know this. I'm just guessing. Maybe he really did sleep with them. Maybe they're his cousins doing him a favor. I don't know. But it's a picture. He, he posts a picture with these like hot women. He's like, I fucked so many women. Be like me. Join my free Telegram channel. I've fucked thousands of women. So I quote tweeted that with, uh, yeah, but how many did you make come? It's like, how many of these jigs fucked you three times for free? I want that statistic. He later deleted the tweet. And for some reason, he did it again. He like uh, like a, a few days later, he posted another picture with another couple of probably paid models. And he's saying the same things like, I just had a threesome with these hot bitches. So I again asked him, I'm like, and did either of them have an orgasm because of you? And he deleted that tweet, too. Now, I will say that there are some women who buy into this alpha man shit. I'm not going to pretend that those videos and because I've, I've seen those TikToks, too. And I think they have been just as brainwashed as the alpha douches. I think they think they have to accept abuse to get the alpha personality they want, which is a false choice. It's like when people say, I don't know, can I vote for people's equal rights or the economy? Like that's not supposed to be, that's not supposed to be how it is. You can have both. There are plenty of alpha, macho, muscly, knows how to like fix a couch, emotionally intelligent dudes. They think boys being boys means living life with integrity, not empty dominance. And you want to know how I know it's empty dominance? Because uh, I came across that Hassan, those pictures, because some porn people, uh, some porn chicks, they were, they were quote tweeting him and being like, I know this is bullshit because like me and my friends have been hired by guys like this guy just to come hang out on a yacht and like, take pictures with them, not bang them. And then later they will see those photos used by these alpha influencer guys. And they're saying, yo, I just fucked all these five chicks. Who's next? But they didn't. They just paid models to come be on the yacht with them. It's a fucking Fugazi. 
I don't I don't want to ignore the fact that there are women who are out there, you know, the 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 trad wives, the uh the chicks who are talking about bitch ass dudes and they complain about whatever happened to the real men in this world. Like, sure, they're out there. There are some women who want that. And there are some women who think they want that. They got tricked into thinking they gotta accept bullshit for an aesthetic, and I just don't think that's true. But anyways, I'm trying to talk to the guys who think they have to be a certain way to get girls because, like, I think I am literal proof every week that that's not the only way. Have y'all looked at me lately? I am, like, the heaviest I've ever been. I am certainly not flush with cash. And when a lady asks me what I do for a living, I have to use the word podcast at some point. None of these are, like, traditional selling points. The, the crucial part is being the nice guy without expecting something in return. Doing something not to get laid, just doing it because you think it's right. At Caliandra said, try not to think about getting laid for like five whole minutes. You'll be all right. At Roxy Moxie writes, we know when you're being transactional with us, doing something because you think you'll get something from it, even if you don't realize you're doing it. Uh, Doing something for no reason just to make someone else happy gets you so much more. And me, I'll, Billy, I'll add, uh, if it doesn't get you something, actually, you have don't be mad about it. Like, be happy you made someone else happy. Like, damn. The first tip I ever got for a sex party back when I was, like, I think 23 uh, from, from my older friend Jen, she said, um, if I see, a, like, a hot couple, like, going at it and they're, like, winding down, uh, go up to them and be like, oh, my God, you guys were, like, really hot. Do you need, do you need water? Offer to get them water. Because everybody... At a sex party, always need some water. Everyone's like, yeah, I could actually use some water. And then you go get them some water. And then you come back and you give them water and and you wait a beat. And either they say like, thanks so much. Cheers. Take care. uh, And then you fuck off. And that's fine because you did a nice thing. Or they like go, oh, my God, thank you for the water. What's your name? Oh, how long you been coming here? And now you're in a conversation with people. You might make some new friends. You might even get some sexy time. Who knows? You can't do that to get laid. You just do that to show you're chill, that you're cool. And if you just walk away when they say thanks and disengage, you show that you're safe. And being safe, dudes, is hot. Women love going home and knowing they're not going to get raped by the guy they're bringing home. Right? It's like crazy hot. At Sad Communist Dog, which is a very big LOL of a handle, wrote... There is no seductive power greater than making a femme person feel legitimately safe. At CPT, party tits. I don't know what CPT means, but we love parties and tits here on this show. Um, She writes, be a truly decent person equals get laid. It's really not at all as hard as someone makes it out to be. And again, if you're upset you're being nice and not getting laid, then you're not being nice. Because so many nice guys stop being a nice guy when they don't get something they think they're supposed to get because they were a nice guy. Like, but, but I'm a nice guy. What the fuck? Whole punch in the wall. So I don't think being like a, for lack of a better term, a pussy is the way because that was once what I did. And I lacked confidence. And I was afraid to talk to women and I was afraid to make a move. And I didn't think I was worth nothing and all that stuff. That didn't, that doesn't work. But being an alpha douchebag isn't the way either. Just some confidence. That'll do great for any fugly chuckle fuck there is. 
So that was Billy's perspective. I agree with it. I'd love to know if you agree with it and what your thoughts are. You can always email me at info at And before we go into our next segment, which is an interview with Andrew and I, uh, really just a conversation with Andrew and I, and <laughs> we're talking about the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. I want to remind you guys of my PE course. So if you are struggling with premature ejaculation and you're wanting help, you want to understand your cause and what the best treatment for you would be, then go to the show notes right now and you can find the link to sign up for my PE course. And if the link is not there, you can always go to my website at stephanieganowski.com and look under programs. So let's get back to the show. Be sure to turn your volume up for this segment. It was recorded in, you know, on a different day, different circumstance. So just turn your turn your volume up and enjoy. I was talking with Andrew, my boyfriend, just right now actually. We're in our co-working space and I'm reading the book No More Mr. Nice Guy by Robert Glover, Glover. Um, it's a great book and Andrew and I started having a conversation about, like, what is a nice guy? What makes a nice guy and why do nice guys finish last, right? You always hear that. And there's a lot of you guys who are in 20-year relationships with your partners and you're, you're nice guys. You know, this isn't just for single guys, which I think there's a misconception there. Um, and you just assume you'll never get a woman as a nice guy when really nice guy syndrome has to do with a lot of things that just put you in this place of not prioritizing yourself, not holding boundaries, and feeling like you can, especially to your woman, never say no. So anyway, I was talking to Andrew about this. He said that he he was sharing his experience, which he's going to share with you guys in more detail, but just pretty much saying how this used to be him, and he came out of it, obviously, because I would not put up with a nice guy <laughs> um, so it was actually shocking to hear that he was one um, and I think it would just make for some great conversation for those of you who feel like you resonate with nice guy syndrome yeah and can you because the thing that clicked for me was you were explaining what a nice guy is and you gave me a definition of it where I was like oh yeah that used to be me mm-hmm. what what was that that you had explained to me um well, I'm going to read these bullet points actually I came up with quick because, yeah, I think a lot of guys will resonate. So a nice guy typically will be most of these things. So if you resonate to these bullet points, most likely a nice guy. Number one, spends too much time trying, you spend too much time trying to be nice to everyone and you feel entitled to the reaction you want to get from people. It's kind of like, all right, well, I'm nice, therefore people should do what I want, right? And that's something. Check. Yeah, that was totally me. Um, Second point, you're often taken advantage of by others and you become resentful of people taking advantage of you, especially women. Another point, you usually grew up having a poor relationship with your father. Either your dad was really absent and you just didn't have a male, a healthy male role model to learn how to be masculine through. Maybe you learned how to you learned how to be masculine through your mom. Um, you know, maybe you didn't have a dad, so you didn't have anyone to look towards to to just help you be a man, essentially, and know what that means and what that feels like. 
Another point is you might hide your own personality to do whatever you can to please so that you feel accepted and loved. So this might mean you go on a date and you hide a part of yourself. Um, it's like an unwillingness to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Because maybe you think that vulnerability is weak when really hiding that and hiding who you really are is the weakness that just bites you in the ass later and you resent the woman for it. It's typically what happens with nice guys. A um, couple other points. You try to do everything you can for women so that you are attractive and sexually desirable. However, this actually does the opposite. <laughs> women are less attracted to you when you do everything they want and you never say no and you never show that you have a backbone or show that you have self-worth. Yeah, so this is what I see and actually a few clients of mine in their marriages because they will feel like, oh, well, I'm afraid to to do this or say no to her because what if I don't get sex again, right? And it's that's a really common one. I know a lot of you guys are probably in a position of not wanting to rock the boat so you never speak up for yourself so that you get sex um, and therefore you feel appreciated and loved. That's what it's really about. Um, another point, you typically don't have many guy friends and strong, healthy male relationships that you can rely on so that you find, you know, that way you get recognition from other people. You get acceptance from other people. If all of your acceptance weighs on your woman, then there's so much pressure, right? You're not going to want to rock that boat because it's like everything relies on her. It really matters what she says because you don't look to anyone else to, to, um, to feel accepted or loved or cared for or get feedback from or feel supported by. So that's why these male friendships are really, really important um, so that you don't rely on your woman for all of your emotional needs. Like that's not fair to her and it's not fair to you and it's not good for your relationship, especially your sexual relationship. And the last point I have here is you're a nice guy if you tend to have a hard time telling people no, just people in general, having a hard time saying no and especially women having sex with you or giving you sexual attention. So I, I wanna just read a quote too by Robert Glover who wrote this book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. And he says, by trying to please everyone, nice guys often end up pleasing no one, including themselves. So what this book talks a lot about is nice guys not being able to get to the point of doing what's best for them, you know, because it's always about other people and pleasing other people, that they have a hard time prioritizing themselves. And it, it just gets them in a really bad place. So... Do you want to dive into your experience so that the guys feel like they can resonate from a male perspective? Yeah, and for context, I, I, what I don't relate to because it's not my experience is being in a relationship where I was walked all over or couldn't say no. Maybe just because I got lucky, maybe because uh, I kind of figured out this about myself and then changed it in my early mid-20s, probably mid-20s, um, where I'm coming from is being a nice guy as a, as, a, as a single young man. Spending so much time trying to be nice to everyone and feeling entitled to whatever it is that I want from people. I remember very clearly, especially with women, thinking, you know, I'm nice, I'm there for her or them. Um, I, you know, will go out of my way to do nice things. Like it was such a, 
Yeah, I just thought that if I played my cards right, I would be entitled to attraction, to sex, and it was just such an inauthentic way to to live. Growing up with a poor relationship with my dad was definitely, that definitely resonates. I have a good relationship with him now, but it, it took me a long time to get there. Hiding my own personality to do whatever I can to please so that I feel accepted and loved. I mean, this is something that is 100% true. Um, I, you know, there were certain aspects of my personality I was willing to show, but a complete inability and unwillingness to be vulnerable and authentic and showing every side of myself. So there was a lot of underlying motivation, which makes the whole nice guy thing not actually very nice. Because I remember going into conversations, relationships with women, being attracted to them, having these motivations around wanting to sleep with them, but never making those motivations or intentions or thoughts like clear. And of course, clear in a healthy way. Like I, I just wouldn't voice them and I would think, okay, you know, uh, what, what, is, what is it that I'm supposed to do here to be attractive, to create attraction, to uh, sleep with, with this woman? And, and that if I played my cards right, that they would just, you know, I don't know, fall into my arms, tell me how sweet and great and wonderful I was. Um, and, you know, of course, that lack of, it, that lack of authenticity, that attachment to the outcome came with, you know, a lack of, of results, meaning uh, unhealthy relationship with women, unhealthy relationship really with myself, um, you know, which I think speaks to... Glover's quote by trying to please everyone nice guys often finish often end up pleasing no one including themselves and that was really what came to a head for me was I was personally so unsatisfied with who I was and the results I was you know I was I was getting so eventually that led to you know sort of like self-awareness recognizing that what I'm doing isn't working not only that but I'm unhappy (laughs) Uh, with with the results and, and with who I am, it feels inauthentic. Um, it it sucks. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. And so eventually, I just started to you know navigate uh, changing that. And um, and then I think the other thing that was really important here that made a lot of sense to me was and what we talked about was like I was lucky in the sense that I had role models, male friends around me who were authentic. And who were really, you know, you could say good with women, but not in a douchebag asshole kind of way. One of my best friends, Adam, I he's just he's just a he's a good guy um, in in like the best in the best way, not in like this manipulative manipulative nice guy way. Um, and he's he's authentic. He has no attachment to the outcome. He's. Um, and he's, he's very charming and just good with, uh, with women. And so, you know, luckily for me, I, once I figured out this wasn't working for me and I started to try to learn about how to be an authentic version of myself and to move away from this nice guy syndrome and nice guy version of myself, in addition to what I was learning through reading, I also had someone, you know, and multiple people to, to look to as an example for what it looked like to be um, to be a an authentic, grounded, um, you know, healthy person who 
also had a healthy relationship with with women. Um, so, can you give a specific example of being authentic? Because I think sometimes guys don't really understand. Like, what does it mean to be authentic? Like, what would be an example? So, one example, and I think probably one of the most powerful examples for me that. I actually didn't really fully wrap my head around and start to understand and embody until a couple of years ago um, was being vulnerable and being myself, even in sharing who I am, even when that wasn't a very pretty part of me. So, you know, there might be behaviors or aspects of, of, who I'd been that I wasn't particularly proud of and the inauthentic version of me, the one who was completely unwilling to be vulnerable or the one maybe who was trying to continue to be this, to, to display this nice guy, um, just wouldn't have, wouldn't have shared those things about myself that weren't very, weren't just that I wasn't proud of, that I was even ashamed of. And the authentic version of me wouldn't shy away from being honest about behavior that, you know, wasn't necessarily um, really good or something to be be proud of. So I think I think that's the the best example I can think of of, of being authentic with with mm-hmm. a woman, letting her see all parts of me, not just the parts that I want her to see. Mm-hmm. Even the parts that on the outside wouldn't be considered attractive, right? From that objective standpoint, but actually is attractive when shared and I think that's what a lot of guys fear is like I won't be attractive if I share this side of me like she won't find me sexy if I share this side so then you suppress that side you hide it and then it's you do look like you have some other agenda because a woman picks up on that shit like we know when you're you know just showing a surface level bullshit part of you And even if it is the real you and you're just showing parts of you, but you're not opening up when she's asking you about things and you're shying away from topics where it actually gets, you know, a little, a little more real about how you feel about things. Like if you, if you can't talk about that and still feel like a man and still feel proud to be who you are and not be attached to her reaction as accepting you or not accepting you, um, forget how I started that sentence but (laughs) but it's just you know you can't have those fears and something like I said to help you not have those fears is to surround yourself with male role models whether that's joining like a a men's group whatever that looks like if you're into outdoor activities like doing something outdoors in a men's group Um, if it's you know something I don't know. There's plenty of men's groups out there. So I encourage you guys to join one if you feel like your friends aren't the best role models for you or if you feel like you've just lost all your relationships since you've been married and had kids because I know there's a lot of you guys in that scenario too. And, um, you know, it's it's important, like I said, to have other people that you, that can fill your emotional, kind of like the emotional, like, uh, (laughs) what am I trying to say? Well, um, I think the, the thing that we talked about earlier, like my my theory is that if you don't have, so if we use Jim Rohn's really well-known at this point kind of trite but still true quote, which is you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. The problem is if you haven't surrounded yourself with people who you want to be more like, 
then you are either going to remain as you are or you'll be pulled in a direction that maybe you don't like or that's not good for you. And if you don't have one of, if one of those five people are not a man who you admire, someone who is secure, who is authentic, who doesn't fall prey to this nice guy syndrome, it's much harder to understand what that person looks like. And you may fill the void with someone who, this archetype of a guy who is good with women, who is not someone you really want to be like, right? Because I remember when I was, you know, going through this nice guy period of my life, I remember largely thinking that, well, if I wasn't a nice guy and I wanted to be attractive to women, I must have to be an asshole because I see what I what appear to me to be assholes getting with women, sleeping with the women that I want to sleep with, being attractive to the women that I want to be attractive to. And so I had this archetype in my head of, of what I thought I had to be if I wasn't going to be a, a quote-unquote nice guy. And, you know, I, I, that, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be this person that I thought I had to be. So, you know, until I had a, a role model who helped me start to see that I could be authentic, that I could be myself, that I could still be a good human being and also be attracted, be attractive to to women, it was harder for me to really grasp that that was that that was possible. Um, and it's not that I think one of the most common misconceptions is that women love assholes, right? Like you hear that all the time. Um, I love you and you're not an asshole at all. So we can prove that false. Um, and what really, what guys don't understand there is that it's not that women are attracted to assholes, but men who typically come across as assholes are men who know what they want, are not attached to the outcome. Um, they, they know when to say no, like they're not afraid to say no. So, and that's, what's really attractive. Like when you act as though because you actually don't need her you absolutely you don't need her to survive and feel loved and accepted then that gives you power if you fully rely on her for love and acceptance and you can't find that anywhere else you lose your power because all of your power is in her reaction and therefore if it's all in her reaction you're going to do things to continuously please her and god forbid you have a situation where you know, you, you may not please her, you, you set into panic mode, or you didn't please her, right? And then you're quick to apologize, and you don't even know what you're apologizing for half the time. You're just trying to cater to her to make sure she's okay and happy. And guys will will do this, and, and women get unattracted to you when you do this. And I see a lot of guys in marriages, some of my clients included, who have just lost respect from their, their women and their wives. And it's because they put all the power in their wives' reactions to them and they no longer see them as this masculine, sexy man to, to go to and turn to. It's kind of like that's you know how it may feel for her. I'm not saying this is definitely how all women feel in these scenarios, but when they feel like you don't have any option but to be with them and you wouldn't survive without them, it's not attractive. 
it's funny because as you're as you're saying this, I it just I had some clarity around actually a past relationship, my first serious relationship that I was in, where by the end of it, I was actually that guy, and I totally forgot that I was as ta- my whole like my happiness was completely tied to her reaction to my mm-hmm. my behavior. And I became such, like, everything just revolved around pleasing her. And she lost respect for me. She didn't desire me. And it's so funny because it's just, it's been, you know, almost 10 years that, that I've been in that, since that relationship. But that was absolutely the case. I had just, I was really insecure. I had made a lot of mistakes. I kept screwing up and I kept having to apologize for it. And just had a lot of demons to deal with, you know, but eventually got to the point where I, I was just so afraid of losing her that I would do anything to keep her around. And that energy was just so obvious. It was like oozing out of my pores. It was, <laughs> it was so, it was so bad. And yeah, and it was just not at all like a desirable um, trait as a, as a man. So uh, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, think of it, guys, like when you have like a woman who's super needy and acts that way. I don't know if everyone's experienced this, but I feel like everyone's experienced at least one needy partner. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough because like if if you have a partner who's needy, that's also really that's that's tricky because that could just as easily be a sign of that person having an ancient atta- anxious attachment system and you have an avoidant attachment system and you're mm. being avoidant and that person's anxiousness is coming off as neediness when really it's yeah, your own avoidant, avoidant behavior yeah. it can mean a lot mm. of things mm-hmm. yeah that's true i also want to circle back to the part about being an asshole because maybe this is me overthinking it but i also i don't want guys to walk away thinking be having some type of confirmation that a guy who's being an asshole is a guy who is secure or attractive or whatever. Mm. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes, and I, I, at least I know this is true for me, the guy who I thought was an asshole wasn't really an asshole. I was just dealing with envy. Mm. The guy was confident. The guy was charismatic. The guy... Mm you know, was maybe even a little bit cocky. The guy was someone who I wished I could be, mm-hmm. but I was jealous and I envied him. And so I was like, that guy's an asshole. Because <laughs> yeah. that was easier for me to deal with than to recognize. And, and for like, that I you're was not who you want to be. That I'm not who I want to be. Instead, it was easier for me to judge him and call him an asshole yeah. when really that, that just wasn't the case. Um, you know, I was just dealing with my own insecurities and, and then placing those as judgments on other people. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, another important point I want to mention is the, because I hear this, I'll hear this with guys on social media and even my clients will be, will be like, well, like I don't have the time to, to learn how to do things, di- not learn how to do things differently, but like prioritize myself like guys will say that like I don't have time I already like life is so busy and then I have to 
you know, I got the kids and I got my wife. We have like our date night and blah, blah, blah. And like you come up with excuses to not create a new pattern of either putting yourself in men's groups or prioritizing your own your own needs and finding emotional outlets that are not just your woman or not just women, you know, who you're attracted to. And the only way to get out of the nice guy syndrome is to say no to current things in your life, to free up more time so that you do have the time to prioritize yourself and to bond with men who are good role models. So I just want you to understand if you feel like you have no time, that's just your nice guy syndrome kicking in, saying that, because you do have the time. It's a matter of what you're prioritizing in your life. And if you set boundaries, which is something nice guys tend to not do, when you set boundaries and you say, I'm going to say no to my wife this one time because I want to prioritize myself this time. Like, it's okay to do that. You know, it's okay to say to say no and put yourself first. Um, and a lot of you guys don't do that. And if you don't do that, you don't fill your emotional needs in multiple ways. And then you you end up just having the woman or women in general fulfill your emotional needs. And they can't do that. So something to be aware of. For what other areas changed in your life when you realized that you weren't going to be a nice guy anymore? Get out of those patterns. I mean, my confidence in myself definitely went up. I was still at that point, even transitioning through that. I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like all of my life up to this point has just been cutting away insecurities <laughs> one by one <laughs> and getting slightly more confident and competent every year. So, I would say at that point. I became more confident in myself. I became a, a bit more relaxed. Still not very relaxed at that point, but but definitely became a bit more relaxed. And you know, I mean, the most obvious thing was was just I had much better relationships with with women. I guess in in two capacities. One was in a capacity where I just had more. I had authentic relationships with with women and that felt really good because when I was being inauthentic the friction that that caused for me personally was really difficult to grapple with because being inauthentic hiding myself just the pure amount of energy <laughs> that it takes to not be authentic in any context with women or, or otherwise, it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. It's a terrible waste of energy to be inauthentic, to hide you know, certain parts of me, to, to watch my words so carefully to ensure that the person that I am conveying to others looks a certain way. It's, it's just not a good use of, of time or energy. I, I, and so once I was able to be a, you know, be a more authentic version of myself, once I became unattached to the outcome and I no longer had these hidden agendas with, with women, I had better relationships with women, with women. And flip side of the coin was I, I ended up sleeping with more women. Like I became more desirable and more attractive 
I wasn't attached to the outcome. I was a more authentic version of myself, even if that version of myself wasn't as you know perfected as the person I was previously trying to convey. I enjoyed myself more after I transitioned out of this nice guy period as well. You know, it's like kind of making the switch from I need women or I need to sleep with women or attract women versus I want to. Right? It's like it's no longer like you have to do this where it's like all this pressure is coming across in your exchanges with women. Like a subconscious just like, you know, like we we're talking about like this hidden agenda, totally. like when it when it matters so much to you and it matters so much to you because you're attaching it to your identity as an attractive man or more masculine man, her reaction. It's like you give off signs of this subconscious pressure put on her. And it's just a weird feeling. Like, you know, you you give her the feeling. She feels it. She feels something's off. And that's why you're not attractive um, because of that hidden agenda. That sometimes you're not even aware of. You know, some guys, it takes some time to, to become aware of this. But when it turns from the, when it turns from that need to, hey, I want, this will be fun. This could be great. Um, let's just see where it goes. You know, and that you're not attached to it. Why are you smiling? <laughs> Sorry. Ignore me. <laughs> um, when it turns into that one and it's more just like doing it for fun, you don't, you don't need her to prove your worth or prove your attraction. It's just, you know, it'd just be fun to sleep with her. And it becomes just about connecting and having a good time and her adding to your your happiness or her adding to you feeling attractive. She doesn't define it. She now just adds to it a little bit. I think there's a lot of parallels between relationships with women and like sales because right and 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 I know you know this to be true if you are attached you are desperately attached to an outcome in in a, in a sales meeting mm-hmm. in a sales call mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you need that sale it's like it doesn't come off very good right like you're probably not going to make that sale cuz that other person can feel that energy and yeah. nobody yeah. wants to 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 be a part of desperate energy they want to be a part of confidence you know confidence in 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 yourself and what you have to offer so if anyone's ever done any sales then or even have been sold to or been sold and you're just like totally. oh that person is salesy and crazy i never want to totally that actually goes both ways it's the same thing when when a woman comes off as like desperate oh, for yeah. wanting to sleep with you right like it's male, female, um, whoever you're seeking, like it's just that energy from a person in general causes a lot more questions um, and and defensiveness and like concern and it sets off red flags than it does instill any sense of confidence to, to move forward with with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for the for the guys who who feel like she won't, like your partners won't have sex with you um, or will get mad and you're afraid that she'll get upset and might question the relationship. You know, if you're, if you're having those fears, chances are you're just putting way too much emotional validation and, and validation of your relationship in her hands. Like, why is it, why is it so bad that she gets upset? You know, like, why is it the end of the world if she gets mad at you? 
Like that's just something that shows you you have to talk things through. Um, it's just a sign. You know, if you could see it as a sign and not something that potentially could ruin your relationship and your entire life. So if this is you and you're, res you're resonating to your woman potentially getting mad at you, right? If you stand up for yourself, if you tell her no, um, and this is all with a loving tone too, right? Like this one thing, it doesn't mean you're an asshole. It just means you're, you're finally standing up for yourself. You're showing that you have a voice in your marriage. Um, a lot of you lose your voice because you're so afraid of losing sex. And that's actually making you lose more sex. <laughs> so the more you have a voice, the more you tell her no, will she get pissed off? You know, when you when you push back a little bit, if she's not used to it, she will get pissed. She, she will get angry. She might even threaten to leave, you know, but if, if there's something really important to you or really important to your marriage and you wholeheartedly believe in it and you want her to, you want to talk with her and you want her to hear you out and you want to work on it and you know she says no we're not talking about this we're done and you it really matters to you you have to show her like hey i'm not going to tolerate us no longer talking about this you know i i will not tolerate it anymore like we have to find a way to talk about this otherwise we have to talk about ending this relationship you know that would be an example of taking making a bold move to show that you're not afraid of her and that you don't absolutely need her to survive you want her you want the relationship to work out but you also want to be respected and she wants to respect you but she's having a hard time respecting you when you don't stand up for yourself. So at first, if you're not used to saying no or telling her you don't tolerate things or setting boundaries in your relationship or having more guys nights when it's necessary for you because it's important for you, um, if, you're, if you're doing that and she gives you pushback, let her, let her push back, you know, let her get upset. It's okay if she gets upset and more, more of the time, she will come back to you. Like the majority of the time, a woman will get a little pissed and then she'll realize that it was actually attractive for you to, to state what was most important to you and actually voice that. And she will gain more respect for you. At first, she may fight back because she's trying to, it's kind of like this test of like, hey, we've been doing this for so long. You know, we get used to having certain um, behaviors in our relationship. So if our partner suddenly changes, we automatically push back because it doesn't, if, it feels kind of like a threat, you know? So just see that as her automatically pushing back is not necessarily a bad thing and that she will eventually come back and respect you more. Chances are, obviously not in every relationship, but pretty much just saying no and setting boundaries and no longer being the nice guy will get you more respect from your woman and also more sex because she will be more attracted to you. And you can't fear pissing off your woman. You just can't. Like, we're both going to piss each other off. It's, it's okay. It's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means something has to be communicated. Anything else? <laughs> I feel like we covered everything pretty well. And how far into this book are you? Um, I think I have like 100 pages left. Yeah, so I'm sure you'll learn more about this. And well, I hope that was helpful, guys. <laughs> I know this is like one of those topics that's kind of hard to hear. And I was even telling Andrew before we started recording, because we weren't planning on recording this. I just, we just got into a conversation about this and he was like, hey, we should probably record. But I was saying how it's, I don't want you guys to feel shame around this because it is a, one of those topics where it's like, 
nobody really wants to admit they're a nice guy, right? Like, if you are one, it's not something you're proud of being. Yeah. Do you agree? If you're getting results that you're unhappy with, then you have to look at your behavior mm. and your mindset and your philosophy and your thoughts and all of those things because that's all that is controllable. You mm-hmm. can't control other people. So if if the relationship that you have with women or with the woman in your life is something you're not happy about, then I think it's important to reflect on on our own behavior and identify what we can do, what we can change, adjust to get a different outcome, mm-hmm. right? The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I see that all the time, especially with my YouTube audience, because my biggest YouTube video is um, when she's not having sex with you, something like that. And all the comments are basically guys who you could see have just given up on taking action. And they either given up or they don't know they forget they have control over the situation. Like, and then they're like, oh yeah, well you tell, like tell me this in another 20 years when I'm still in a sexless relationship. You know, like making comments like that. I'm like, you don't have to be. Like you're, choose it. That's a choice you're making. So you can't forget that like you have options. You have choices. You can change your behavior or you can get out of the relationship. You can create new friendships. You can hire a psychologist to help you understand if you can't understand it yourself. There are many different choices you have. So never feel like you're stuck um, and then resent other people for you being stuck. Because when you realize you have control, you, you gain more power and confidence in yourself. So it's important that you know that and that you constantly remind yourself of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would suggest that if, if, if a person feels like they lack control in their life, then a good place to start would be to learn about agency and what it means to be a high agency individual to understand you know what what would it look like if you did feel like you had control over mm-hmm. over your life what are the elements that are important to pay attention to such as controlling the controllable instead of focusing on things that are not within your control or focusing on the reality of your situation rather than coming up with an endless list of possibilities of the ways that things could go wrong. And, you know, and, and picking up a book on how to navigate whatever situation that you're in, at least as a starting point, and then taking action based on, based on that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you resonate with this, you know, this book is a really good, easy step for you to take. No More Mr. Nice Guy by Robert Glover. And at least it will make you more aware because even awareness is powerful. You know, you could start to look at your situation from a new angle, a new perspective, and that in itself could be really helpful to get you into, into new actions. Feed your mind the things that you want to fuel it with just like you would a, a car like what kind of car do you want to drive feed it the fuel that is going to you know align with the align with the really high quality car <laughs> 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 that's, 
it's, it's really. <laughs> Where's he going with yeah. this? There's so much build up. I know, I know. Was, yeah, anyway, this is this is why I leave the <laughs> podcasting to you. <laughs> but lastly, I just want to say, like, you made me think of t- reminding them to use visualization too. On like, mm, if mm. I was in the relationship with women, either my woman or women in general, because you're single. Um, what does it look like for you to be your best self, your high, the high quality version of yourself? You know, the, the, the man who does what he says he's going to do and isn't afraid to, to say no to people um, and, and just lives his best life. Like, what, what does that look like for you? Like, how can you, what do you picture in that visual? And what do you picture your relationship looking like, ideally? It's really easy to go in the same, to stay in the same cycle of just living the same way and behaving the same way and then complaining about the same things. But that doesn't get you anywhere. It just gets you in this resentful place where you end up on YouTube leaving resentful comments. (laughs) (laughs) So that's not helpful for anyone, you know? So I, I always remind my clients, and the first thing I do is ask them, what do you want? Let's talk about what you want. And it's so funny how they just automatically revert back to like, well, I don't want this and I don't, and I hate how this happens. And I'm like, are you not hearing the question? And they're just so not used to thinking what they actually want that it's so hard to sit with that thought and visualize it and imagine it and paint a picture of it. It's like it's so foreign to them. And I'm like, no wonder you haven't been getting anywhere. Your ideal, you don't even know what the fuck you want. Like, how are you ever going to get somewhere if you have no idea what it encompasses, what it looks like, how you behave, you know, in that ideal scenario? So, um, get familiar with that. Have fun daydreaming about it. You know, just leave this podcast feeling like, hmm, am I where I want to be? Are there things that I, I want to say no to and I just never do? Is there someone I'm constantly over-pleasing? Um, are my relationships with women just always about catering to them and never about being my authentic self? Like, come, a, come away with some awareness and then put yourself in that place of like, all right, cool, I'm aware now. Who do I want to be? And And dream that up a little bit and get excited about it so that, the action steps become much clearer. So, all right, now we can end. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I might have more to say to this if it resonates with you guys. And um, so, yeah, we'll talk to you in the next episode. Thanks, babe, for playing a part in this conversation. You're welcome. Good to be back. <laughs> all right, guys, have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.